This is Power Athlete Radio. With your host, Denny K, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. This is Steve. I'm here with Denny and Luke. What's up, fellas? What's going on? What is up? Yeah, Denny, go Blackhawks. Blackhawks. Blackhawks, dude. Huge game last night. Huge game, especially after the third quarter when uh, they get a shot called back because one of the back referees um, penalized a a slight scuffle. I I really wouldn't call it a straight-up fist fight, but... um, they call back the goal, and you know you can just kind of sense like heartache, right? And then they go in, you know, it's gonna uh, they go in for the intermission. They come out in the overtime, and I think in the, maybe the first one or two minutes, man, just shot straight in the net, game over. They're all fired up for uh, LA. But the winning goal, the winning goal wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a pretty shot. No, it when they kept replaying it, you could kind of see it goes off of the Detroit player, yeah, and right at that sweet spot with a goalie, you know, this just didn't have fast enough reaction time. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm it was sure. awesome, dude. And I guess if you look at uh, the past four years in Stanley Cup, the the final four right now are the past four champions. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's freaking badass, you know. So I'm pretty fired up, pretty excited. First games this Saturday, so you know, nice. I don't know anything about the Kings. Yeah, defending champ, you know, and I don't know any of their players or, or nothing, but they got to be obviously they're good. Yeah, the, the NHL playoffs. I don't really care as long as the Penguins lose. Uh, who wins the cup? Because there's only real one hockey team, one real hockey team in Pennsylvania, and that's Flyers. So, the Flyers. Yeah, <laughs> except they got knocked out pretty early. You know, so. uh, speaking of the Flyers, real quick, uh, Rob Zombie's making a movie about the uh, that 70s team that was just all hard asses that like kicked oh. everyone's ass. Broad Street Bullies. Yeah, the Broad Street Bullies, dude. He he bought the rights to film that, and that's what he's doing right now. No way, zombie! Yeah. that's awesome. That is gonna be awesome. I don't know. Combine, but anyway, combining I'm, zombie I'm, and the flowers. Are you, I mean, have you guys ever played any other sports with hockey players? No. Like, like off of the ice? Yeah. Have, like, have you seen a hockey player throw? They're horrible. Yeah, dude. They suck. I'll tell you what. When they're in their arena, they're they're rock solid. But, dude, I had some couple of my best friends are hockey players, and they're just awful. You know, they don't. They're not on the softball team. They don't play flag football. But if there's any sort of pickup hockey, that's when they jump in. Yeah, yeah. I feel your friends' pain. I'm the same way. <laughs> if you get me, like my buddies are always like, "Hey, you want to go like play some basketball?" I'm like, uh, "My shoulder hurts." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's like put a pair of skates on, and we're golden. But something about being on dry land. We suck. That's all there is to it. Spot on. Hey, Denny, Team Series is coming up in a couple weeks. Is your team ready? Man, we're, we're ready, dude. We're ready. We're just 
you know, like I mentioned in the other podcast, I mean, I don't really know what power athlete headquarters is going to throw at us. So we're just kind of doing heavy prowler intervals, doing uh, the standard CrossFit football wads and uh, just, you know, knocking out in the strength. I, uh, I, I was, you know, back squatting yesterday and benched and I'm going to do one or the other. And I was like, I was working up to a heavy three and just crushed it. I mean, I'll PR and whatever lift in three weeks, That's no matter awesome. what. But it, uh, it looks like it's either going to be bench or squat. Probably bench. Nice, nice. There, you know, that's my, that's my little stopping grounds. That. I know those guys, they have a great facility. Uh, but I'll be there for the first half of the day. Then I got some some other stuff I got to pop out and do. But Callie's going to be there. Uh, I'm stoked, dude. I'm stoked to see it. I'm stoked to see it in person. I just get to watch it in the videos on the scoreboard you know, after every event. Nice. Now, John said last time that a um, power athlete might be throwing a team in one of the competitions. Is that right? Uh, you know, I don't know. John's got all these great ideas, but in order to put it into practice, that means that our staff would have to be pulled out of running the event. And I, I don't know if that's the smartest move. You know what I mean? Right. He just wants the plates. Yeah, he he wants the plates and he wants he wants to get in there and and you know show people up. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, like we all think it would be cool. This is the thing is we, you know, we brainstorm this competition because this is what we think would be the best competition that we would all want to compete in. And the shitty part is we don't get to compete in it. You know, yeah. we run it, we admit it, we organize it, we fund it, we do all this stuff, but we never, you know, we don't get to play. Which, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe next year or the year after, once it gets big enough and someone like uh, someone else decides to run it or we get more staff, then, you know, then we'll get to play around. Nice, nice. All right, cool. So on CrossFit Football today, uh, the one of the strength uh, workouts was barbell step-ups. And uh, John walked you through – uh, a video demonstration of the movement and all over the CrossFit football board, everybody, I mean, you know, basically the quote was, I've been doing it wrong forever. I mean, there's one guy on there, Jeff M, who uh, wrote on there something like, for two and a half years I've been following and have done it wrong every single time. Um, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about uh, sort of the rationale behind that opposite leg uh, mechanics, uh, rather than just stepping up. I know, like um, uh, when we were, when I was doing some outlaw stuff, it would be you would step up and then you would just, or I'm sorry, when outlaw did the outlaw open or something, you would touch the front of the foot to the box. Other other sites, you step up both feet on the box. Maybe could you elaborate on sort of the the benefit of the raised leg? Sure. I mean, it's all contextual. And, you know, it's funny to hear people say, like, I've been doing it wrong or like there's no I've said this before. And with it, with the exception of some extreme examples, there's no wrong way to do a lot of this stuff unless you really define context around what you're training for. Right now, the CrossFit football programming is about performance. It's about posture, stability. It's about developing speed in the weight room, all sorts of things that relate to field sport, nonlinear running, just performance. We, we call it performance. So the reason that we uh, 
I, I did a little write up on Power Athlete, uh, the Power Athlete HQ post, and uh, Dread Dreadlock uh, posted essentially the same question he put there, which is this, and and it all comes down to posture and position. We find that uh, athletes have a hard time mobilizing their hip in a neutral position when you add some sort of what we consider to be primal movement, uh, lower body primal movement. So people cannot mobilize their hips when they step up, when they lunge, or when they squat. We see all sorts of pelvic tilting that breaks what we consider would promote a broken position. Now, what we know about that is once you exit that broken position, uh, your ability to generate force is going to diminish and you won't be as efficient and you won't be as fast in terms of running. So coordinating that step up with a barbell loaded at the CT junction uh, while mobilizing the hip starts to build the skill to really be rigid when you accelerate. So if you look at the acceleration phase of, let's say, a 100-meter sprinter, 200-meter sprinter right out of the blocks, you're going to see that position, but with a, a much more exaggerated torso lean. So if people, if people head over to, or I'll, I'll put up a link in the show notes, but if they just take a look at my response uh, to our movement demo comments, that they'll kind of get a feel for what, what I'm talking about. Nice. Cool. Yeah, awesome. where you're talking about maintaining that dorsiflexion in your ankle as you're lowering that um, the opposite leg. Uh, so, so I commented just a couple hours ago, but in terms of the dorsiflexion, anytime your feet come off the ground, you should be dorsiflexed. What we mm. know is that dorsiflex position and what uh, prepares your foot to generate all sorts of force along both the vertical and horizontal vector. Okay. So think about your foot driving into the ground, your hip extending, your knee extending, everything driving into the ground, whether you're jumping or running. What we know is that loaded, the dorsiflex position is a loaded position and will help generate force. All right. What we also know is the more force you generate along that vertical vector and horizontal vector, the more, the faster you're going to be, the quicker you're going to accelerate. Okay. So with that in mind, we need to be comfortable in that position. There's this whole concept of coordination. Some people have a hard time lifting their leg without uh, having their toe towards the ground or being in that plantar flexed position. They just can't do it. And it's a, it's a neurological coordination deal. And if you don't work on that, on every time you're picking your foot up off the ground, whether it's with a barbell step up, uh, whether it's a box jump, whether it's double unders, uh, then you're not going to do that when you're running. So we're reinforcing the required positioning everywhere in our body on every movement we do in the weight room. So let's say you're doing double unders and you're letting your toes dangle, then what you're ultimately doing is you're creating a bad habit for when it really counts because not too many people uh, make their money doing double unders, especially if you're an athlete. Uh, you know, you earn your bread sprinting, changing direction. That's how you stay safe. And uh, what we also know is if you have a dangling foot, we know that landing could be a forced eccentric movement through the ankle. It really stress the calves, could really stress your Achilles. So ultimately, it's just a safer position. It's a more efficient position. Every time your feet come off the ground, you should think about going from plantar flexion, from the follow through of your drive phase, like your triple extension on your jump or whatever you're doing immediately into that dorsiflexion uh, awesome. position okay um yeah awesome that is that's fantastic uh, i think that should answer <laughs> I mean, everyone's questions right there i know 
That's that's cool. Yeah, um, I hope it does. I mean, I, I was hoping the video would answer questions, but I guess it didn't really. It just told you what to do, not why to do it. Uh, I think what we're getting on CrossFit football uh, on the the boards is a lot of smart people, right? Like they're they want to know how to do it, but they're really curious about why. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where some of these questions are coming from. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do it because you told me to do it. And whatever you say has worked for me, but what is the reason, the rationale behind it? I think that's kind of, we got some smart folks on there just fishing around trying to figure it out. Well, I appreciate the, uh, you know, I appreciate it, but rest assured, you know, there's a method to all the madness, so to speak. Uh, in the, the interesting thing, like I said, you know, Anything works. Everything works. But uh, if you're looking for optimal results for a very specific goal, the little things do do add up and do amount to a much more optimal program. You know? Yeah. I mean, that just that just makes sense, right? So, you know, uh, if if you people who ask those kind of questions, they if you haven't read like a book like Super Training you know, or uh, the science and practice of strength training. There, I, I was brushing up on both of those just because listening to Luke and John and pretty much, you know, Callie, all you guys are always talking about um, motor units, you know, and the neuromuscular response and all the training. And when I was watching the video of the barbell step-ups, I was thinking more of, you know, when I heard John say that this is translated into um, faster sprints on the field, I I was thinking more of the motor unit response, you know, use driving off that front leg onto the box, you know, would I I visualize it like your the initial takeoff on the sprint and that whole, you know, right with the dorsiflexed ankle and the opposite leg, bringing it up there above parallel, just kind of like repeating the mechanics of a sprint, you know, is like you're recruiting as much uh, motor units as possible for the most like explosive move, movement. And even if you're the greatest sprinter, sprinter in the world, you're gonna need to keep practicing movements like that to, to maintain or improve. And I, you know, it just seems like it's all correlated as far as their CrossFit football programming. That's, yeah. that's like my initial response to it. And then listening to Luke just a few minutes ago kind of elaborate on all that, it just like it all makes sense. You know, it, it's all clear, purposeful. What are you training for? Yeah, and, and we refer to it at the cert like a movement bank. Your body doesn't really care about – it does, but in the, in, the, in the sense of programming – correct movement pattern it doesn't care about speed and it doesn't care about weight now those things will challenge your ability to do that don't get me wrong but when you're talking about programming good movement your body knows good movement and it knows bad movement you can program bad movement by doing bad movement and the more that you have the more that you're exercising or going through bad movement patterns the more you're deteriorating your good movement patterns does that make sense so think of it like deposits and withdrawals uh obviously the good movement being the currency in your pocket the bad movement being withdrawals you want to you want to be much more weighted towards that good movement and that's where we say you know there's certain training systems where it's just about output and that's fine like 
for that goal or training goal. If your training goal is weight loss, then go. It's about getting a high heart rate. It's about keeping it. Go for it, especially if you're not going to apply a lot of the stuff you're doing in the weight room to any sort of a sport or feel the battle, feel the competition, whatever. But at the end of the day, movement is what makes people great on the field. Uh, I mean, shit, in hockey players, even in their rink, on their skates, you know, all that stuff is programmed movement. I remember um, when I was like eight years old, I wanted to play hockey. But before you could play hockey, you had to take two years of skate camp because mm-hmm. that's an essential skill to be on. Like you can't just be a mediocre skater and be an excellent hockey player. You yeah. need to start programming those skills and programming that movement. And really, it's just as essential to be that efficient of a runner. You know, if you take a young athlete and get them in gymnastics and you teach them movement before they do anything else, they're going to be much more effective people or much more effective athletes on majority of uh, arenas of competition. So it, it's really all about movement. And then uh, we, what we do is uh, movement, posture, position. We challenge all that stuff by, by loading you with weird implements or uh, very convenient implements like barbells, sandbags, things like that. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, that makes total sense. Um, so, uh, Denny, I'm going to take this first submission, okay? Because I have I have a strong opinion about this. Um, yeah, the, the garage uh, gym. Yeah, so Bulldozer202 asks something. Uh, he says, uh, well, first off, I'm going to go to his second question first, and then I'll answer his first question. But, um, Luke, he says, somewhat confused about resets, like how and when it is necessary. Um, any thoughts on a reset? I think he's talking about amateur programming resets. And uh, Is that for me? Yeah. Okay. Um, didn't we talk about this? Like, I did feel like, like a 30 minute rant on accident? I feel like we did. <laughs> okay. Like so let's, did. let's get, so, get, let's get real simple. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to put rigid guidelines to this. All right. If you are on the amateur progression, first and foremost, your progression should last no longer than 20 weeks. If after 20 weeks, it no longer becomes optimal. Okay. Now, if you don't care about optimal training and you just really like it, then keep going. But don't tell us that it's not working anymore. Okay. Number two, uh, when should you re or what weight should you start at? Something really manageable. Be conservative. Okay. Number three, uh, if you fail a rep, let's talk or fail a set. Let's talk about some certain types of failures. Let's say we're doing a back squat three by five, and it's Monday. And uh, you're 10 weeks in, so you've put 100 pounds on your squat. Let's say you started at 250, now you're at 350 pounds for three by five. You come in, the first set of five is a little shaky, you're seeing stars, you have what I like to call squat head. All right, uh, second set you get in, uh, you, you have, you're on your fifth rep, you're down, you're up, the rep takes like four seconds. Uh, you don't even rack the weight, you just dump it because you're so tired. All right, so we know the third set's gonna be a little rough. You come into that third set, then uh, and you hit let's say three or four reps. You have failed, and you don't need to get your reps or any more reps or anything. You have failed that three by five. Now that doesn't sound to me like an epic failure. And you or your coach should know whether it's because you didn't get sleep, you got drunk on Memorial Day, ate a bunch of hot dogs, uh, you broke up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Uh, I don't know. What there could be all sorts of sociological factors that have influenced your ability to perform on that day. 
So we wash, we would mark that one up as a scratch. Now let's say you come in on Thursday and you're squatting your three by five again. And on the first set you get five, on the second set you get two, and uh, you you can't even get onto your third set because you're throwing up. I don't know. Uh, because the weight's so heavy. If it feels that heavy, that means you have you cannot effectively recover from the volume and intensity that we've been adding week over week, then you should reset three weeks. But let's say, take another scenario. You get your three by five, then you don't need to reset. Let's say you again get like a, a five, five, four or five, five, three, and you haven't epically failed. Uh, that's going to be shooter's choice because, again, I don't know what's happened. Is work rough? Um, are you sick? Uh, have you not been sleeping well? Are you hydrated? I don't know what the deal is, but that just doesn't sound like a true failed set. That just sounds like you need a little more time to recover. Then let's see what happens on Monday. I would not increase the weight on either of those days if you get like a 5.54, cadence on your uh, on your reps. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I think sometimes uh, we lose sight of the fact that all those other things affect us. And we just think that we ought to be able to go into the gym and do whatever is prescribed because we're strong. And like you said, sleep, recovery, too much drinking on Memorial Day, breakup, all those things are going to affect us. And I think a lot of us uh, uh, forget about things like that, right? Like, you know, you, you have a fight with your wife that lasts like two weeks. Well, you might be distracted in the weight room and you might be carrying some cortisol and some stress and that's going to affect you negatively. But it's not like you said, epic failure, like where you're throwing up on before you even get the set two. Right. Now, yeah. the, the assumption too, like what failure is to me is you need to compromise form to get a rep. So if your knees are buckling in, your back is rounding, your chin is craned up towards the ceiling and, uh, you know, there's a little piss dribbling down your leg to stand up your fifth rep or third rep, shit, third rep, and you somehow fucking, you can mentally get through four and five, like, you need to maintain posture and position. That's what we need to strengthen. It's not about, it's, I mean, it is about the numbers, but it's not. You, position always takes precedence. And uh, what a lot of people forget, too, is like, dude, we're talking about a 20-week endeavor, potentially, probably 12 to 15, but you have time. Like, you're not going to quit tomorrow. There's not a race to the finish. Like, do it right. Do it right. It's good. This will this establishes something called base level strength, and uh, and that stuff stays with you for a lifetime. So uh, there, that's when you reset. Awesome. So I know we said last time we're, we're not going to take any more questions about amateur programming, but maybe this time we can actually say it, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, they, I think they, they'd have to get really creative to come up with more questions about amateur programming. The, the only way like – and it's going to be based off of coach's decision if you have an athlete for a very short window of time who is very young. So for example, you have a, you have a team of football players who are you know, 14 years old and you see them only in the summer for 10 weeks. Like uh, there's going to be a lot of kind of work and rework there where you don't, you don't really graduate from that amateur progression until you can – you are on a strength training regimen where you are going to be able to stick to it for, uh, you know, long periods of time. And I hope I didn't just confuse everybody. Don't even ask me about it because we're not going to answer it. That's the, uh, you guys need to figure that out on your own. Pick up a book. Like Denny said, get Mel says super training, uh, science practices. It's sometimes, sometimes you just can't take a handout and you got to earn it, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, for real. All right, cool. All right, so the other question Bulldozer asks, uh, Bulldozer202 asks, is for us garage gymmers, what would be the best type of barbell for all-around movements? Would an ollie bar have too much whip for squats, deads, presses? Would power bar be too stiff for power cleans and snatches? So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw my two cents in here. Um, bulldozer, unless you are like of an elite caliber lifter, an average bar is going to be fine for both. I mean, I would recommend something economical like the Rogue Bar. I know Denny Denny bitches on the Rogue Bar all the time, um, but, yeah. but but the Rogue Bar is fine. I mean, you can squat, you can snatch. It's not an Alico Bar, but who has two grand to spend on an Alico Bar? Now, if you have a few more dollars to spend, I would recommend. Is it, I think oh that's your kids, Denny, right? If you have if you have, if you have a few more dollars to spend, if you have a few more dollars to spend, I would recommend buying a DHS training bar. Um, DHS uh, can be bought from dynamicalico.com. The bars are I mean, they're not as as good as an Alico training bar or an Alico competition bar, but they are the closest thing to an Alico. Um, I mean, I train with with Caleb Williams, national champion weightlifter, and he prefers the DHS bars to his Alico competition bars. Um, and they they run about five six hundred bucks, so they're about twice the cost of a Rogue bar. But I don't know how you feel about that, Luke. I feel like you know. Again, I, it's something maybe like like what John was saying last time, where it's like, you know, you just have to do it. So, you know, yeah. having a perfect bar is not going to make like if I go get a four thousand dollar Alico, my snatch is not going to go up two hundred kilograms, right? And if I go buy a West Side Power Bar, I'm not going to deadlift, you know, nine hundred tomorrow. Um, at some point, those those details that we're looking for. Um, you know, it's a trade-off between how much quality you think you need and how much economical freedom you have to, to outfit your garage gym. I mean, I've lifted on some really shitty bars and I've lifted on some really good bars and you can certainly tell the difference when you're at the extreme, but when you're in the middle, like that Rogue bar, that DHS bar, the difference is, at least to me, I've been doing this a little while, but the differences to me are so subtle that... You know, you you would really have to be, I think, an elite, dedicated athlete in one of the two sports to notice a difference. But I don't know how you guys feel. Well, I, I'm fortunate. I'm spoiled. I mean, we have every bar you can imagine. You know, we have we have some really nice bars at Balboa. And if you guys ever get out and get to visit, you know, uh, the only other gym I've seen with more bars and more equipment is Jesse Burdick's gym, CrossFit CSA. We were just up there a couple. Uh, a few months ago, but um, I, I can tell the difference. But like you said, Steve, it's not like, you know, it doesn't not work. You know, if, if I'm cleaning on John's Alico bar versus cleaning on uh, just Rogue's power bar, it's there's a difference. I can tell it's nicer. The knurling's different. Uh, you do get more whip. But like you said, dude, it doesn't help me PR. It just feels you can feel the difference in the quality. And I, uh, no matter what you do, it's going to get you from A to B, right? Yeah. And uh, it is. It's you know that's it's weird. It's it's kind of been our mantra, John and I, and Ben, and all of us at uh, HQ over here is like we just got to move the dirt today. It's time to move the dirt. 
just because our training's been suffering because we're doing a lot of cool stuff over here trying to trying to grow this thing and uh unfortunately trainings for me is taken like i don't want to say a back seat but it's just not priority at this point uh, i'm trying to shift the momentum on that but it's about moving the dirt you get whatever bar you can put some heavy weights on there and and go go do it you know yeah. but again if you have the but if you have the disposable income dude it's nice. It's like driving a, you know, a, a Camry versus a, a Cadillac, or I don't know what the reference would be now. Yeah, but yeah. Like yeah. you can, it's got a, definitely has a different feel to it, but it doesn't make you any better. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I mean, yeah, if you're in the if you're in the two to six hundred dollar range for a bar, um, I'd say DHS or Rogue. I think again, faster makes a bar in that that realm. Um, probably stay away from those ones you can get on Amazon that you have to screw together. Um, but <laughs> you know what I mean. But uh, I mean, other than that, you know, if it if it's a if it's a long piece of steel and it holds weights, you're gonna get better as long as you. I mean, the bar should be secondary to the things we were talking about earlier, which are position, posture, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Denny, you have any thoughts? Um. Well, what's your opinion between bearing bars and bushing, bushing bars? You know, I mean, typically the, the bearings are a few hundred dollars more. Um, the other day I was lifting on a Penlay bar that was um, bushing, and it was kind of a beat-up bar. Uh, a, a friend of mine's friend brought it over. This thing looked like it, it's been sitting outside for a year. It wasn't really polished-looking, but... It, uh, it, it barely spun, you know? Yeah. And a few weeks ago, I was down at Alico, um, lifting weights with John North. And of course, if you're gonna go to an Alico gym, every single bar's Alico, top line, beautiful, um, lightweight, and you can put your foot on that and give it a spin, and it'll just spin like it seems forever, you know? And obviously those were like bearing bars. And if you're talking, saving a couple of hundred bucks and you're gonna downgrade to a bushing, you know, does it does it make that much of a difference or not? Do you either, do you know? I mean, the, like I was saying, the, the bushing bar that I used, it could have spun shitty because it's, you know, all beat up, but. So, I mean, again, I'll just give my two cents here because I ran a garage gym and I had that bar that looked like like everybody had to get a tetanus shot after they used it type of thing. <laughs> um, and the thing that I've learned that's, that's most important, independent of the type of bar, is maintenance of the bars, right? Um, you know, if your garage floods, don't store your bar on the ground. Uh, if it's humid, make sure you have a way of dealing with that humidity and its effects on the rotational factor of the bar. Uh, keep your bar lubricated. Uh, and and if, you, if you buy your bar from a, from a reputable place, they ought to be able to sell you some kind of uh, either bearing or bushing lubrication um, and, and keep it relatively clean. I know that sounds weird to say like keep a garage barbell, a garage gym barbell clean, but you know, the, a bar is an essential part of your gym. And if you've only got one or two, then you know it's uh, it's maintenance is an imperative, and I like Luke's example about the difference between driving a Camry and a Cadillac. The the maintenance is going to be, in my opinion, the the maintenance is is kind of the same. You know, the Camry you take to the Jiffy Lube, 
and the Cadillac has to go in for like special treatment at the Cadillac farm or whatever. Um, that's been kind of my impression with, with taking care of the different kinds of bars, but I've used them all. And I, I'm with Luke that, you know, you notice the difference again, if there's no spin on the bar, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of difference, but right. if there's a little spin, you know, I mean, you notice the difference, but I think very quickly your body adapts to that and you know maybe you won't PR, maybe you will. It's not the bar, it's it's you and your movement and your strength and all the things we've been talking about. That I mean that's just my two cents. I think some of it's the bar. I mean I I'm not fortunate enough to train at a facility that has, you know, a shitload of money invested in bars at the moment. At the moment. But when I do get to a, um, a place to train, uh, every now and then I'll go down and train with Windy, Windy City Weightlifting down at uh, Schaumburg and stuff like that. You know, when I get my hands on Alico bars or real nice um, Ivanko bars, uh, I PR. I've PR'd every single time, man. Now, I don't, uh, you know, obviously I'm not doing that every weekend. But there's just more, if I can get that bar to oscillate better, you know, I, I can nail that jerk, you know. I can get that clean if if I can get some snap and whip in there. Um, you give me a bar just like your straight up $200 row bar that has like zero oscillation, <laughs> you know. I mean, you, yeah, it's impressive if you can clean some good weight on that because that bar is freaking not oscillating at all. Yeah. Those are the bars I can I hate, you know. I know. But I mean <laughs> if you're gonna deadlift on it, if you're gonna bench, squat, so be it. You know, it'll work. But uh, I want a bar that'll oscillate, man. Give me yeah. some you know. So maybe it's personal preference, right? Maybe um you know, if you're following yeah. CrossFit football, you're doing power cleans and power snatches uh once a week, right? And so you know, it's a trade-off between sort of economics and can you really feel the difference? Um, but, I, but I but I reckon that if you buy a bar and you use that same bar week after week after week of training, independent of what program you're on, you're going to get better. And yes, yeah, sure, you might go to a facility with a top-notch set of equipment and you might find that that, that new stimulus produces APR in that situation. Um but then you go back to your training facility and you just keep trucking along and making small gains and and getting bigger and more badass. Yeah, and you know what? Get yourself a decent bar. I mean, it. <laughs> it's like when I was on, uh, I played pool league for you know eight, ten years. I mean, you could go into a bar and play in the you know a, a shitty bar stick all warped and bent, or you can throw down a couple hundred and get a decent stick. You know, you don't need to throw down and get the top line. You know, which would be like a McDermott or something like that. Just get something good, you know, that you can call yours and you can lay next to it in bed and <laughs> whisper sweet nothings into its ear, you know. Be one with the bar. <laughs> Danny, get out a little more, bro. Too far? You know, <laughs> no. All right, let's, let's go on to Gilmore Greco's question. All right, it's all you, bro. Um, well, he sounds like he's concerned with, uh, the fat loss potential in CrossFit football programming. Um, I was a lineman in high school. 
tipped the scales about 315. Now he's at 325, and he calls himself pretty fat. Um, sounds like he's had some, you know, weightlifting, he says, pretty seriously for the past couple years. Um, he doesn't want to just be strong and not fast. Denny, Denny. Yeah. Denny, read, read the whole question. Just read, read it as is. Cause I, read it as is. Yeah, just read it as is. I know this cross football is not wired towards fat loss, but I was a lineman in high school mostly because I weighed 315. I now tip the scales at about 325, and I'm pretty fat. I've weight trained pretty seriously for the past couple of years, but I don't just want to be strong. I want to be fast, too. I heard Jim Wendler say that <clears throat> the sacrifice you make to be a great power lifter is your health. All that being said, I don't really care about abs, but I know that I am, I am not healthy. Well, the following CrossFit football uh, will following CrossFit football conflict with trying to become healthy, or should I do something else? I'd like to get my life together so that I can kick ass when I'm 80. There it is. I mean, I, I don't have the show notes in front of me because I had to close everything down. Uh, but what, what's the guy's name again? Gilmore? Gilmore Greco. All right, so Gilmore, will it, will cross it, like, what a loaded question, you know what I mean? Right. In terms of longevity, you know, if, if that if his primary goal is longevity, uh, then he should just, you know, be hypocaloric, stick to a paleo-type lifestyle, call Rob Wolf or subscribe to Rob's podcast because that dude's our, our health and longevity guru, right? And uh, he probably should just lift some weights maybe once or twice a week and, and start walking a ton and get a lot of sleep. And there's his longevity recipe. But now he's taking advice from, from Jim Windler, who, I mean, he's not a longevity expert, right? So it's like, uh, you know, I don't know where this guy's head's at, but at the end of the day, he's got to establish some goals. And what he's got to do is once he draws these goals up on a board, uh, he's got to make sure that he can measure them so he can determine whether or not he's successful. But before he can even go that far, he has to determine whether or not they're in conflict with one another. So I don't know if this guy wants to be a power lifter. I don't know if his primary goal, one and only goal is to live till he's 100 or if it's weight loss. But can you use CrossFit football to lose weight? Uh, sure. But it all is contingent on your sleep cycle. It's all contingent on your lifestyle outside of the gym um, and your nutrition. Is it the most optimal program for weight loss? I'm not going to say yes because – at the end of the day, it's not designed for weight loss. It's designed for performance. It's designed for building high horsepower, short duration athletes. Uh, that's what we consider a power athlete. Um, I mean, you guys have followed this thing for a couple years. Would you, if someone came into you, was 325 pounds and said, hey, I'm fat, I'm not healthy, what would you, would you recommend CrossFit football as my number one option? What, I mean, what are you guys going to say? No. No, because it's it's set. If someone comes in and says I'm fat and my my total priority is to lose weight, then you have to you have to be in like more of that oxidative pathway most of your time, most of your conditioning to burn that fat. You know, cross football is uh, like ATP 
and the glycolytic pathways. There is some of the oxidative, yeah, you're going to be breathing hard and, you know, hands on your hips kind of a thing, but it's it's kind of like interval, you know. This guy would need something that's just straight-up oxidative nonstop for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, if that's possible, long duration, just to, to keep burning that fat. And then maybe once he gets to a certain... Uh, body weight that he's comfortable with, you know, kind of reassess where he's heading, then maybe go into more of a CrossFit football, you know, where you can get some strength and power and explosiveness and hit that deep, uh, like myofibular hypertrophy. See, I don't know. I, uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit with you, Luke, on the confusion here, right? Cause it's like, he wants to lose weight, but then he makes reference to Wendler saying something about being a great power lifter. But then later it's like, I just want to be healthy. Like, look, you can be 300 pounds plus or minus a few pounds and be healthy. So it's, it's like you said, I think if you, if you, if you want to look like an Abercrombie model, then no, please do not do CrossFit football because you won't fit in the skinny jeans, right? But if you want to be 295 or 275 and um, be strong and powerful, then yeah, I think coupled with the diet, um, I think it could be good. I think coupled with a power athlete diet or a Rob Wolf paleo diet, then CrossFit football could cause you to shed a few pounds and get strong and powerful and fast. So I think it's like you said, it's about um, it's about goals. If you want to lose weight, no. If you want to be lean, healthy, badass, then maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe a version of CrossFit football is good. But that's just my two cents. I think, did we lose you, Luke? Danny, you still there? I'm here. Ah. Oh. We lost Luke. No way. Luke, we lost you. Yeah, dude. Oh, he's there. Well, he just came back. He just came back. Oh. Um, yeah, you guys dropped me earlier, too. My, and I'm monitoring my connection. It's bulletproof. I don't know. It's a Skype deal. Okay. But yeah. uh, if you basically where I where I cut out, Steve, and you probably are going to still be recording on your end and we can still use it. Okay. Um, I cut out at... Um, you know, you can still be healthy at 300 pounds is where, where yeah. you drop. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the truth. I think you can still be, you know, you can be 300 pounds and be a big, badass, lean mf -er. Um So, if you want to lose weight and look like an Abercrombie model, then CrossFit football wouldn't be for you, right? But if you, if you want to be big and strong and powerful and maybe lean up a little bit, he says he doesn't care about abs. Um then, I mean, I don't see why a version of CrossFit football, maybe changing up the Saturday wad to something in that uh, oxidative pathway, um, you know, maybe like a jog or a walk or something. But, um, I, you know, it's again, it's about goals. It, I mean, it goes back to the same question every time, which is, you know, what are you training for? You send in a question that says, I want to lose weight, but I'm taking advice on how to be healthy from Jim Wendler, who's a power lifter, and I really want to be healthy. Okay, which one is it? Those are potentially three diametrically opposed goals yeah um, and, and, and real quick because i don't know i just i feel like the internet feels like everyone's talking shit we know jim we're good friends with jim jim's a good coach so this isn't bashing jim oh yeah no way. Oh. yeah uh and i mean in terms of I, I know john's one of the only people who monitors his biomarkers for health and longevity like every two weeks and uh he follows grossing football style 
program. You know, he doesn't do the main site, but he's uh, that we we publish our workouts on. But he's you know he's constantly varying. He's trying to find the next solution. But it's all the same philosophies, and he's a super healthy dude. But what it comes down to is like nutrition. It comes down to sleep and. Yeah, sure. I'm not going to say you're going to be unhealthy. People who follow the program aren't unhealthy. It's just not optimal if your goal is weight loss. Right. Yeah, we talked about that before. All right. Um, cool. Any uh, any closing notes from HQ, Luke? Um, we are in the Southwest uh, Southwest Regionals. Callie and Chelsea are going to be there testing birds. So get over there. Check those chicks out. They're, <laughs> they're super fun. And uh, we got some discounts there as well uh, for certs. You got to sign up at the booth and for the team series, uh, any team series as well. So if there's any athletes or attendees or whoever's out there, get over to the booth, say what's up, grab a shirt, grab some some swag, and sign up for a cert. Grab some socks. The socks are dope. <laughs> Aren't they? The socks are cool. The socks man. are dope. And I, I'm going to go ahead and make this announcement since I get ragged on every episode except this one. I'm signing up for the DC cert. It's uh, official? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I haven't signed up yet, but I'm going to. It's official. We're going to make like a family trip out of it. Um, I hung out with Tex this past weekend or whenever. He came through um, our neck of the woods and trained with us um, before on his way down to Texas. Um, yeah, so he's cool. And uh, I think I'm going to go up and hang out. I think it might be him and Callie doing that, sir. Did Callie tell me? Um, I, I know they're, they're going to be there. Uh, I don't know who else. I mean, that's sir. I'm trying to think. There's, there's a couple dozen people headed over there. And, it, you know, what's tricky is our travel schedules are typically figured out two weeks in advance based off of attendance. And then people typically signed up the last week. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. We got to, like, uh, load it. But we're – uh, I think there's a rumor has it there could be a potential birthday celebration out there. So we're trying to maybe make a a staff travel, you know, like a bring the whole crew type deal on that one. But we'll see. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. So that's it. Denny, anything from your end? Uh, team series three weeks away, getting pretty stoked. Uh, the week after that, you guys are going to be at Naperville. Right, Luke, are you going to come down with for that one and kind of circle back where it all started from? Of course, I'm. Uh, how, to, could I, right? how could I not? I fly in. I fly in the night of the 14th, and I'm staying for like 11 days. So I got going to make a little family trip out of it as well. See some family. See a lot of the folks out there. Uh, work the team series, and then I believe Ben and I. Again, depending on signups, we might have one or more one more coach out there, but. Uh, it's going to be Ben and I taking down the, the Naperville seminar, blowing some minds. Cool. I'm looking forward to that one, man. I'm looking oh, forward to see how the seminars change, you know? Yeah, yeah. Cool. It's going to be good stuff. Cool, man. Awesome. All right. Well, then I guess uh, we're done here. Power Athlete is out.